Well, welcome to Improper Mimi. This is your host, Mimi Jacks. I'm excited to talk to you today about all things that help to empower women in different aspects of our lives, whether it's at home, work, or play. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. And today we have our guest speaker is Omama Marzouk, and she is going to talk to us about finances. Um, and so I'm just excited to, you know, get that conversation started so we can just share more information with our ladies out there. Well, actually with everyone as well. But so Omama, yes, just tell me a little bit about what it is that you do and then why you love it so much. Awesome. Thanks, Mimi, for having me. I actually really like that jingle. Make you sure you subscribe so you don't miss a beat. Like, it's okay. Uh, I like that. <laughs> uh, so, my name is Wab Marzouk, and I'm the founder and CEO of Tomorrow's Prosperity Group Incorporated. We are a financial consulting firm where we help women entrepreneurs and minority groups uh, with their finances and their goals and uh, to get them to that next level of prosperity. Mm -hmm. And I love doing what I do because I like to joke around saying uh, I like to help Fifty Shades of Brown. So if you're a shade (laughs) of brown, I'm like, come through. But the reason why I like talking to women is because women, we hold so much power. And a lot of times, no one's really talking to us about money. Mm -hmm. And um, I've actually been watching all these documentaries of of just different ways that people live. And um, and it's so interesting how culturally, you know, um, around the world, like women aren't looked at as just like a high praise. They're just kind of looked at like, all right, you're here to bear my children and make mm-hmm. sure like the farmland is being taken care of. And I'm like, hold up. No, no, no. Women, we hold so much value, so much power. And yeah. so I want to make sure that women are, um, I, I cater to men too, but primarily women. Like I want women to realize like you're already a queen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, walk with your held, held high. Kings walk with you held, held high too. Make sure that you're treating your queen like your queen. And by doing so, making sure that your money's right, making sure that your goals are right, and making sure that you're able to live that that prosperous life. Um, but it really comes down to the education, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because again, no one's talking to anyone about money. No one's having the conversation with their girlfriends uh, and their girls and just being like, hey, like, you know, what do you got for retirement? How much do you got for saving? Like, do you really, should, should you really be spending money on that? Because yeah. finances is so taboo um, to talk about that it's just kind of like, all right, like, we just don't deal with it. Um, and so I love doing what I do because I want to, I don't want to make it taboo. I want it to be a topic that is so open to talk about that it's just kind of like, girl, like, how did you sleep today? <laughs> You know, I want that excitement because otherwise we're just kind of like, oh, hey, I can't afford this or I can't do this or I don't have enough for retirement. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 let's let's change the narrative of what your story is because it all starts with the mindset. So that's what I love doing what I do. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we're here to change that story because um, whether it's for ourselves and our girlfriends or sisters or our daughters, you know, yeah, we want to be sure that we are prepared, you know, for, you know, whatever it is to come, whether it's retirement, whether it's a sudden, you know, job loss or a sudden sickness in the family. Women, you know, so often, even in like a a family with a husband and wife or with grandparents or, you know, whatever the, the makeup of the family is, the women so often are the ones that are, you know, driving the direction of the family. You know, they're 
they're taking care of the kids. They're helping with the education and the and the and the homework. They're cooking. You know, they're um, planning the birthday parties. Constantly heads on a swivel. You know, either you know working or home or like just out with their girls. It's like so many different ways that women bring information into the home and impact like how the children and the and the family learn. So yeah. so when we talk about finances, that's you know like that's part of the security that's part of the legacy that um we can strengthen our family absolutely no it's so spot on it's so spot on and i love mimi that you said you know that we bring in information from all different ways and it is true like <laughs> us women i mean what so let me let me backtrack i guess a little bit is growing up i wanted to be a boy because i was like oh the boys are outside and they're having fun and mm -hmm. i was such a tomboy for like the longest time and it yeah. wasn't until like my 20s when i um i guess i started learning about more women's rights and just like the power of being a female and i was like i am i am so proud to be a woman like <laughs> yes i am you know That's right woman's uh, strong <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah just it's it's so interesting how we like change that script um yeah. when we learn different things yeah and and even like in this time of covid people have been talking or you know concerned and kind of stressed even sometimes about their finances and it's like well this is a good time to take a break and assess what is important try to prioritize those things in your life um so have you come into like any recommendations or any good advice that you, you have shared with them financially right now what are some things that people should be focusing on one thing that i always say is like you want to have every single month a date with your budget and with your finances um it, sorry your your budget and your your goals and mm. the reason why is because things change right yeah. And so if we look at example COVID-19 right now, mm -hmm. and there might be some reduced expenses and there might be some ex increasing expenses. Let's just take transportation for example. If you're a non-essential worker, right? You don't really need to be going out. Yeah. Everyone really should be staying home. I don't care how nice <laughs> the weather is. Like yeah. you stay at home, you could go out for walks and whatever it is, but don't be kicking it with your friends um, right. unless you're wearing a mask and stuff. But because honestly, we all want to be outside. We all want to be mm -hmm. out there doing our thing and stuff. But yeah. if you're not using your your transportation, whether it's a car, whether it's a train, whether whatever yeah. it is, that's money that's being set aside, right? Mm -hmm. There's also being money set aside from like going out to eat because yeah not every single place is delivering and not every single place is allowing you to pick it up right and mm -hmm. so i see a lot of people now like chefing it up and i was just kind of like hmm, okay <laughs> what are you baking today what are you baking today right? we reap the benefits of you know people getting back into the kitchens <laughs> yeah right and i'm like hey I'll, I'll be your guinea pig like let me sample that yeah. so um <laughs> during this time though it's a matter of like reassessing your your money and so there's a lot of yeah there's um for example like student loans you don't necessarily have to pay it back until september right if you're if you need to look at your home like regarding the mortgage reaching out to those different companies all that money that you're saving though it's a matter of still having a plan yeah. and it's a matter of having a conversation with the people that have lent you out the money like the creditors because if you don't have a conversation with them all you're doing is just continuing mm -hmm. to pile up but yeah. if you let them know like hey like mimi i'm, I'm having difficulties paying this can we work something out 
you know? Yeah. Then they're gonna say, okay, the fact that you had a conversation with me makes it better. Exactly, right? yeah. And so it's just a matter of asking yourself, do I need this? Yeah. You know, how can I be smart with my money? How can I save my money? If, for example, if you're, um, let's just use gas, for example, okay? Mm -hmm. First of all, gas right now in the United States is, is wicked cheap. <laughs> let's just take that for an example. If I'm spending, we'll say $50, okay? Yeah, Every yeah. three days, okay? And say I'm filling it up twice a week. Yeah. So that's already $100 for the week that I'm spending just on gas, okay? Eight times for the month, right? Yeah. Then that's $400. Yeah. That's four hundred dollars now that I'm saving because I'm not actually putting not out that going money. Going anywhere, driving. You're not going exactly, yeah. mm -hmm. right? So maybe instead of that four hundred dollars, maybe I'm spending. Let's just say you still need to go out for groceries or whatever it is. Let's just say you're spending a hundred dollars. So that's three hundred dollars now that you have extra, right? Mm -hmm. I always tell people put it into three different buckets: your uh, savings, right? So savings. Uh, that's also an emergency fund is separate from your savings, right? Investments, yeah. your money that you're paying off your debt and then money that's for fun. So a hundred for your, like your future, right? A hundred for uh, paying off your debts and a hundred towards having fun. But if yeah. you don't need that money to have fun, realign it back into the money that you're putting towards savings. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> important to actually like be free with your money yeah. To be able to live the life that you want. And yeah. in order to be free with your money, you have to save. You have to know where your money is, how much you have and all your different buckets. And then even when you were talking about how savings is different than emergency fund, can you break that down a little bit too? Because sure. I know some people who are like, well, I'm saving money. I'm like, okay, but what if an emergency happens? Well, I, that's the money I saved. I'm like, well, the money I'm saving is for like future, future. I'm not, you know, I don't want to touch it, you know? So yeah, what, yeah how, how are those different? Absolutely. So an emergency fund should be six months to a year's worth of what your monthly expenses are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, that's like the basic, but if you want to go a little bit more, you know, you can save a little bit more. So whatever an emergency is, um, an emergency is just that, you know, God forbid you got a, uh, a leak in the roof mm -hmm. and you got to be able to, to replace that. Or if you're, kid broke your arm or whatever it is, right? It's an yeah. emergency that's used just for that. Mm -hmm. And it's what your monthly expenses are um, or and if an emergency comes up. Exactly. A savings is saving for something that you want to either purchase in the future or saving for a certain goal. But it's usually like you're saving for a purchase, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so your emergency fund, you should also always have like six months to a year's worth. There's some people that do more and there's some cultures that do like 10 years worth of savings, wow. right? That I sit down with and they kind of chuckle because it's just ingrained in their culture. So your savings, if you are looking, so let's just have a little like example, right? If you need a car, okay, let's just say you need a car. Um, and there's this really sweet car that uh, it, it looks sexy and you're just kind of like, I want this car. But you just, you need a car to get you to A to B. Mm -hmm. Are you going to use your emergency fund money for that car or use your savings for that car? I'm going to use my savings for that car. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. 
And that's right. And the, and the reason why is because like you're saving for something that you need, yeah. right? It's not, or, or you want, it's not necessarily a essential. It's not an emergency, right? You're still going to be able to, to get by. So it's just a matter of like asking yourself, like, what do I need and what do I want? And a lot of times yeah. people just like, they marry those two mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like, well, I, I want this, therefore I need it. And it's like, hold up, wait a second. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like, because you wanted it and it's like, been positioned in your in your subconscious mind that you wanted so bad and now all of a sudden you're like i need it i need those new like air jordans i need that new iphone it's like you actually don't need it at all exactly right yeah and that's something really that popped up with covid that really highlights what do we want and what do we need Mm -hmm. like i mean it really highlights what is important to people and what they're willing to spend their money on and what you really can do without so that you can save some of that money. Like more and more people are either being laid off or they're going on furlough, you know, depending on what their jobs are. And if you were like living check to check before, it's a shock, you know, it's like, if you don't have that emergency fund where you can pull from to pay your bills for the next few months, then that's when things really get hard. It really gets stressful. And um, and that's what we want to kind of warn people about, to be sure that you're yeah. financially stable to be able to weather things that come up your way. And you're right. This is not something that we usually talk about, that we teach our kids about, you know, so they, you know, these teenagers in high school, even younger than that, because you really have to like teach them young, but you know, to learn the responsibility of money, it doesn't just grow on trees. Like you have to work for it. You need to save it and you like spend it for a particular purpose. Yeah, no, and it's so true. And I, like, I wish early on as a kid, I got, <laughs> I got taught about it. I mean, sure. We got an allowance, but that allowance was just yeah. kind of like, mm-hmm. here you go. Here's $20 for the month. Don't ask me for anything else. <laughs> And you're on your own. You spend it, you're done. Don't ask for it. Yeah, don't ask for anything else. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it wasn't until I was like 16, my dad actually gave me the mm. uh, the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. But it wasn't until actually just recently, in the last two, three years, yeah. that I, I learned about some of our financial struggles, you know, because it wasn't talked about. It wasn't um, something that was discussed it's funny because there's some food that I absolutely love. Like I absolutely love. And then when I went back to like, uh, Kuwait or Syria or like even just introducing like friends here, they're like, that is such poor people's food. (laughs) And I'm like, it's my favorite. Like it's so good because we just didn't know. And my parents, um, I think they did a great job by just, making sure that we had what we needed my mom was an extreme like coupon shopper um and you know would just just be smart about it so there wasn't that there wasn't ever that feeling of like we went without because um they just learned they learned how to go and find like the free things you know most of the time we'd be spending times doing walks at the canal that doesn't cost anything. That's free, right? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't until I became an adult that it made me realize like how much my mom actually like stretched her dollars, you know. Uh, um, yeah. But it was good, and so I tell people like during, especially during COVID nineteen, like learn how to stretch your dollars. But I never felt like we went without growing up as a as a kid, and then 
teenager yeah. years, we moved to Kuwait and that was just like a completely different life as well too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like when you moved to Kuwait, all of those, you know, money saving or just experiences with the family that you had from here, was that preparing you for like when you went over there or was it just more of you, you still as a child, you probably still didn't see the, the struggles financially because it was just probably more of a culture, you know, shift. So I will say that Kuwait, like the life, Kuwait is an oil rich country. Right. Mm. And like food and clothes there is like cheap. And I've never been one for name brands. And so yeah. I, would, I would actually go into like the fabric souks and get clothes made. And we went to a private school because we had to, because uh, we're not Kuwaiti. So you have to go to a private school. Mm -hmm. We just kind of like lived. We didn't, we didn't spend extra. We didn't like, yeah. um, I always worked. Um, I always babysat like the teacher's kids. Um, I think I was the only one out of my friends that had a job that had money coming in, but yeah, like we would come here in the summertime and to the, like to the States, mm -hmm. I would always work like every single summer I would work because I'm like, I have nothing else to do and I didn't want to hang out with young people. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there wasn't really any expenses that I really had to think about, you know? Yeah. I mean, even for myself. I don't think I really had a job until college. Like mm. I worked in high school. I mean, I babysat in high school, but yeah, like I didn't really want or need for anything. Didn't really have a, a cause that I needed money for or anything like that. But, you know, I could see like when I was raising my daughter, you know, as a single mom, sometimes it was definitely, I'm like, no, not, we're not going to get that, you know, unless it's on sale and unless yeah. I have a coupon for it. <laughs> and then also looking at, well, that's not something we need, you know? So we would just focus on um, things we needed for the house or family or whatever, and uh, keep it moving. Like enjoy some of those free activities like you're talking about, like nature oh, and yeah. arts and, you know, and that's the stuff that was really fun anyway, hanging out with family and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. We weren't allowed to ask for like anything <laughs> I mean like now when I look at my younger siblings like the little ones I'm like uh -huh. y'all are spoiled you know because they, they grew everything. up in a completely different culture yeah yeah it's funny too like the younger ones you know the parents are usually like oh you know I'm tired I didn't raise these other kids and you know I'll let you do this or let you do that you know they get away with more stuff yeah they know they definitely definitely do and I mean I I I feel for parents, um, especially like, you know, the ones that are uh, financially struggling. And like I said, I offer a course, it's called Tomorrow's Budget for Today, mm -hmm. where it's a six week course typically, um, but it breaks down like the emotional aspect of finances because mm. money, money's a tool. It's just something that we decided as a society that it's our currency. I think with finances, when it comes to like, especially like education and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, like I said, it wasn't anything that I was, I was taught, but it's a matter of having a community. Um, and I think when your community, when you're, when you're with your friends and stuff and you start talking to each other about like, Hey, have you saved? Hey, have you done this? All you're doing is lifting each other up. There's actually a woman, uh, she, she lives in New York, um, Elisa uh, Reese that I interviewed. Uh -huh. And she's, I think she's from Brooklyn as well too. And she's dope. Wow. And what she, she was talking about how 
um, if she wants something, she will go tell her friends, like say there's a course, right? Say there's like a, a $5,000 course, for example. And she'll be like, hey, Mimi, Umama, whoever, why don't we all bring our money together and we get this course together so we all learn. And okay. I was all like, ooh. <laughs> and she said something very valuable. She said, I am not a self-made woman. I am a tribe-made woman. And I was like, yeah. that is beautiful. And I'm stealing that because <laughs> that is like, so when you can empower women, right? And you tell them as a community, let's all work together. That's yeah. amazing. Um, I was watching a documentary about the um, um, Messiah tribe in Kenya. Oh, Maasai? Yeah, Maasai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is such a beautiful thing how they work together as a community and how they work together, like all these women coming together. And it's usually the first wife that will ask for a second wife for a companion and also help inside the house. And so it was just so beautiful of how everything they were coming together as like a tribe, as like women that they're growing and they're building and they're doing everything together to make sure that, you know, everything they have is is well kept together. Yeah, they really rely on each other because when the men go out with the cattle or whatever like that, they they have to rely on each other. They yeah. definitely keep the home and the farm and, and things there in the village together. You know, so I could see how having a helpmate, you know, having a companion, someone to help take care of the kids and raise everybody, you know, that you can't do it alone. No, you definitely have to have that tribe. And even, you know, I tell people a lot, you know, like know your support network, you know, Mm -hmm. know who you have in your tribe and your circle that you could call and rely on and who can be there to help you, whether it's um, emotionally or financially or, and I really like that idea, you know, that Alicia was talking about, uh, okay, I may not be able to afford this workshop, but if we put our money together, share the info and like everyone gets to profit from it. Everyone gets to benefit from it. So yeah. So even thinking about that, tell me a little more about, um, the prosperity group. You know, what are some of the things that you're doing that are like out there helping women and reaching different people? So uh, tomorrow's prosperity groups, we run um, monthly events. We just, as of March, started doing like um, like virtual events, right? Yeah. And everyone's going virtual. <laughs> everyone's going virtual, right? But even <laughs> before that, I always did this thing. I used to do this event called uh, Women, Wine, and Wealth mm-hmm. uh, when I was with my old firm. And then I want to switch it up, though, because I'm like, I, I always felt like I had to do it on a Wednesday just because it was like, the W's. yeah, <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to switch it up and yeah. um, the right now there's like virtual ones, but it's just educating women about, uh, I mean, men are more than welcome to join as well, too, yeah. but it's just educating women about like the different topics. So, for example, the month of March, we did um, money and power. And money, power, and respect in a woman's world. You remember that song back yes, in the nineties? Money, power, respect. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's up. So that was my jam. And yeah. so it was so 
amazing and so dynamic of like the different conversations of uh that the woman brought and how you know money power and respect like mm -hmm. it doesn't actually equal the same thing it doesn't always correlate into the same thing um and then the month of april we were supposed to have one regarding like sustainability and earth day and stuff but unfortunately just due to the COVID 19 yeah the people that had to uh talk on it they were just kind of like bombarded with stuff so then last week in may um, so it was the first May 2nd, we had an event, it's called, um, Assaulted But Not Broken. And it was talking about, cause April is also sexual abuse awareness month. And yeah. so, um, you know, sexual abuse does, does take a huge role with, with finances. Before, before like COVID-19, I was going into women's shelters and educating women about, yeah. um, just basic budgeting because I always tell women, like especially when they're going through a struggle, you know, that whatever's happening, it's temporary. It's not long-term. There's no number except for two numbers are when we're born and when we die that are actually permanent in our lives, mm -hmm. right? So we have the power to be able to change our outcome. And we have the power to change our situation because if we, decide that our life isn't the life that we want and we want to better our lives, then we're going to do something about it. Right. Absolutely. And what's great about, you know, living in America is that we have something that, and I always talk about this, we have something that a lot of countries don't have. And that's something that's 100% free and that's libraries. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, uh, the fact that we have like a freedom of, of speech i'll use that term loosely right <laughs> but uh the fact that we got like a freedom of speech but people there's there's books you know there's podcasts there's youtube there's all these different things that we have free access to and so you don't need necessarily a college degree or or anything to make a name for yourself and to get out of your situation yeah right it's a matter of like having that just that, that willpower of saying, I, I want yeah. something different. And so when we decide that we want something different, we can change the script of our, of our story, of our, of our future. Um, and so when I go into these shelters and I talk to these moms and I just give them like, you know, words of encouragement, I talk to them about budgeting and I talk to them about like, okay, like if you're only receiving this much, what can we do about it? Um, yeah. What can you do to make sure that you're betting yourself um, I give them different books to read, just different bits of information. And then that way they can walk out of it whole. And I always tell them like, Hey, any financial advice I give you, it's, it's free of charge. Yeah. Um, because I want these women to get like just strong and powerful. One of the things I would love to do, and I don't know the dynamics of this, of, um, but one of the things I would love to do is to set up a fund where people can get, you know, basic life insurance, not much, right? Mm -hmm. Where people are pouring into money. And like I said, I need to figure out the dynamics of this because I don't know how it's it's able to do so uh, yeah. just with all the, the rules and regulations of life insurance. But mm -hmm. yeah, just to just to have something for these these women that are in shelters. I'm extremely, extremely passionate about um, human trafficking of like yeah. getting rid of it and 
I've come to the realization that one of my biggest like passions is to help um, just victims of human trafficking. Um, and so if I can, if I could help with just the financial piece and help them get there on their two feet and understand that, you know, but they can you know, overcome this and they will overcome this and uh, they'll definitely rise again. Yeah. No, that's super important. And I love that you um, actually go or have worked with women in shelters because it it is just empowering to hear information about you can start where you are. You know, like when you're like in a traumatic situation or when you think that you've hit rock bottom to like look up at the top of the mountain and to think that there's no way I can get there. It, you know, it's it's overwhelming. But to take those baby steps through the mud at the bottom of the mountain, you know, there'd be forest or rocks or mud or whatever. But everybody has to go through the same thing in order to get to the top. And so just the fact that you share your expertise with women who are in a position where they're like starting over again, or they have to start at the bottom, or they feel like discouraged to know that there's ways and to have that financial information of how to make those steps, you know, just using what you got, you know, like you say, if you only have this much money, this is how you can um, invest or save it, or this is what you can spend it on to help you get to the next level and the next one, and the next one. Um, you even mentioned like life insurance, you know, um, and, and I know you said you were passionate about that. And, and what is it about, you know, life insurance that helps to, um, help someone financially or that like kind of helps their situation? Like what do you so as a financial advisor, like I'm, I'm all for life insurance. It's something that you don't, I'm going to talk specifically about America, right? You mm. don't die in this country for free. Mm. Yeah. Um, meaning that there's a price to pay when someone dies. Um, there's other countries and I'll, I'll take Kuwait for example, cause that's like where I went to high school and that's where I was like born and stuff. But, um, they just bury you. You know, it's just the like the local government. Right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but this country living in America, it costs us money to die. Mm -hmm. And so life insurance, I'm sure every single person has seen somebody with a GoFundMe. I've seen more GoFundMes during this COVID-19 mm -hmm. than I'd, I'd like to admit. And I'm I'm so sorry for everybody's loss. Um, but life insurance, right? There's there's so many different kinds of life insurance. Sure, you might get it at work, but you should also have your own private life insurance. Mm -hmm. And life insurance gives you, okay, the death benefit of when you die, not you, but your family to pay for your burial, pay for your expenses, pay for whatever it is. But then there's also uh, cash value life insurance that I love to talk to my clients about because it's an, it's an asset tool that the wealthy has used. The two largest um, corporations or agencies that use life insurance is Bank of America and the US government. Um, so it's just a matter of like, why aren't we utilizing what the, the affluent use? Why aren't we utilizing what the wealthy use? And so when people are like, oh, I don't need life insurance, you know, most people in the United States are have are, are underinsured. They don't have enough life yeah. insurance. And so life insurance, along with your emergency fund, right? In, in any other insurances, so like your health insurance, like the insurances that you need, those are the foundations of your house, right? 
So once you have that strong foundation, then you can build up. Then you can have also like, well, let's have a savings. Let's have our investments. You know, people should invest, but it it boggles my mind when people are like, I want to invest, but I don't have an emergency fund and I don't have life insurance. And I said, okay, well, when when the market's down, right? Mm-hmm. When we're at a at a uh, bear market, so what are you gonna do? Because mm-hmm. you're actually at a loss, right? Um, life insurance also helps you with your like retirement, pays for college funding if you have a business, um, your your um, estate planning. So life insurance does so many different things, not just mm-hmm. a death benefit. And when people understand the value of how to leverage life insurance, then go ahead, do everything else. But I know with my practice, at least, that's the foundation. I talk about, hey, let's set up your emergency fund, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, your emergency fund does absolutely nothing for me. <laughs> it's just, it's on you. But I want to make sure that you got that money set aside because God forbid something happened, which something will because mm-hmm. life does happen. There's not a single person on this planet that hasn't had something happen to them. Mm-hmm. Unexpectedly. But it's just a matter of mm-hmm. when something hits you, like comes mm-hmm. your way, what do you do with it? Yeah. Right? You can either like when I was talking about the example um, of the of like a leak in the house uh, of the roof, right? Are you going to say, all right, well, I'm just going to continue letting the, the mm. leak continue, right? Hey, just don't go into that spot. It gets wet <laughs> right? and let the house completely deteriorate. Or are you going to find the money to fix it? You're mm. going to find the money to fix it because you don't want your house to rot as well, too. Yeah. You have to protect so, investments. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like with life insurance, it's it goes it's it's tied into the foundation of the house. And if you don't have the foundation of your financial house, your financial Mm -hmm. future, Mm -hmm. what you're really telling to those that you love and you care about that, hey, my life isn't really that important because I'm not deciding to take care of my future. Mm -hmm. And taking care of our future is so much more than just how it impacts me myself, but also my family. You know, like I, I want to protect my family from having to take on that burden. Like you say, a lot of a lot of families are doing like GoFundMe accounts when a loved one passes away. You know, they're hit with an unexpected cost that they, I mean, it should be an expected cost. Like if you plan ahead for, um, you know, transitioning, but it, it's a cost that people sometimes can't cover. You know, mm. so you want to protect your family and protect them from taking on that burden themselves. Um, I know there was a book uh, one of my friends was reading. Um, I think it's I'm Dead, Now What? Mm. You know? And it, it kind of is like looking at, okay, what happens? Boom, like you say, it's not free to die, you know, in this country. So, you know, I'm dead, now what? What are the next steps? You know, what do my beneficiaries, what, what does my family have to do in order to um, make all the arrangements? making sure again you know empowering women making sure that they have the tools that they need to be strong and to to be able to be supported and not to to just just to kind of alleviate some of the stress and the the burden financially that that come up with some of these things life changes deaths you know all that kind of stuff yeah and it's like have conversations with your friends about it you know and a lot of times people just feel so like oh i don't want to talk about how much i'm making or what i'm doing and stuff and it's like 
no, have conversations about it because, and especially if you, for those that are making money, right? For those that are making money, share your wisdom. For those that aren't making money, learn the wisdom. Yeah. And um, I want to give a, a quick story of something that like recently happened with our family. So November 14, 2000, uh, uh, 2019, my brother-in-law passed away. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, uh, December 16, 2019, my aunt passed away. Mm-hmm. So that's a four week time frame. And my aunt was completely unexpected. My brother-in-law was unexpected as well, too. Uh, we didn't know at the time that he actually needed a, like a heart transplant. And um, both times the family had to come around to be like, hey, like, how can we give money and who's going to front it up now and whatever it is. My aunt was interesting because um, my dad and my uncle, one of my uncles, they bought um, land when my grandfather passed away in 1999. Right. And they said, all right, here's the plots of the land. That way, if someone dies, we can do it. Yeah. So they had the plot. Okay. That plot was already paid for. Mm-hmm. But then there was an additional like $11,000 of oh. the casket, the, um, the cleaning, like all these different things that like, again, death in this country is not cheap. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not free. No. And so, um, just everybody in the family just being like, okay, you know, and she, she didn't have an, we're, we're Muslim. So there's, there's no like elaborate, uh, funerals and stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just the transportation, just the casket, just the, um, the time to, to get her washed to all these different things cost money. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was, um, she was developmentally delayed. So she actually like, I was her, I was one of her, her, uh, legal guardians, but I didn't have the final say of like what was happening. Um, because I wanted to get life insurance for her for this exact reason. Mm Um, uh, unfortunately like with this country and it might be in other countries too, but I'll just talk about like the United States that, um, people with developmental disabilities, um, they can't accumulate as much wealth as they, as they'd like to. Right. And it's like, they're still, they're still able to, but it, they, there's, there's limits like, Hey, you can't have this money, much money on your bank account. Even those that are, that are on social security right now, right? Yeah. You can't have a certain amount in your bank account. And there's been people that have reached out to me during like COVID-19. They're like, Hey, like I want to work, but mm-hmm. I can't because I'm receiving this. And I want to let everyone know that, you know, working for somebody else, it's such a false sense of security. Yeah, never I'm not. I'm not bashing anyone that works for somebody else. I'm just saying the reason why it's a false sense of security is because like they can let you go at any time. Yeah, we've seen. Right? They can say you're not. You're not like relevant anymore for for this work, or mm-hmm. if our company is downsizing or whatever it is, and they let you go. So that that security is no longer there. You mm-hmm. know, if we really follow the American dream of why people came to this country, it was so they can create their own. Yeah. And so own. I highly, highly, highly advise everybody, you know, create something of your own. Mm-hmm. Whether you start your own business, whether you do network marketing, whether you um, just do a side hustle, just do something so you can claim it that it's your own. Yeah. 
one of the last people or one of the women that I had interviewed earlier, she was like, it's a slave mentality, you know, mm. to just work, work, work for someone else and expect to go higher, higher, higher. But you have to provide for yourself. You have to secure yourself and find some way, you know, that side hustle, that um, skill or talent you have to really develop it and, you know, um, make it work for you. Make yeah. it work for you so that you can support yourself in the event that you know who you're working for that company you're working for they go under they fire you they decide that they no longer need you you still have something that you can fall back on yeah and that's so important you know and that's why entrepreneurship like you say is like uh, the foundation you know that what people came to follow their dreams you know so we can- entrepreneurship is like such a sexy word, right? Everyone's like, ooh, <laughs> like I'm an entrepreneur, like, ooh, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, who's really putting in the work? And yeah. so I tell people like, you know, even if you do something small, but mm-hmm. just make it so it's your own. First mm-hmm. of all, you own something, it's going to help you with your taxes. Talk with an accountant for that. that that's uh-huh. not my department, right? <laughs> but I just mean like, it's going to make you feel like, I got this. Yeah. You know, you don't need all the tools, but it will definitely help with um, just having that own sense of your security. It will help with the aspect of like, all right, like I I can create more. I can do more. I can whatever it is. So, yeah, just don't give up. Like, you know, sure, we're in COVID-19 right now, um, but there's other things that are going to happen in life. Mm -hmm. True. And it's just like, how do you prepare for it? How do you make sure that you are financially prepared Mm -hmm. for it um because we can our emotions we can't prepare exactly yeah but we could definitely prepare for our financials exactly and those things that we do now those habits that we're making and and strengthening now that's how we're preparing for the future yeah that's how we're going to get stronger and, and I know that you've been talking to so many people, been doing so many like interviews and getting ready for a podcast, you know, and so many stories that you've heard and that people have shared with you. Can you maybe share with us maybe one of the, the top reoccurring stories or struggles that people come up against that um, financially that has either helped them or, you know, that they need help with? Yeah, so... Um one of the questions that I ask people is, you know, give me a childhood experience, whether it was positive or negative that you Mm -hmm. saw from your parents that helped you with your, your finances. Um, I would say eight out of 10 people have told me that finances wasn't talked about in the home and they, they wish, they wish that it was. And so now that they're learning about finances, it's helped them, um, to just talk about their children about it, to say, well, I want to do better. You know, everyone that I'm talking to, uh, except for like two people, but everyone, like mostly everyone, they've told me how much they've saved, how much that they've set aside, how much that, you know, um, paying down their debts. And it's like everything that they're saying is stuff that I like tell my, my, my clients and stuff. Um, so yeah, the reoccurring theme is I wish I, I saved earlier um, mm-hmm. and realizing also that money doesn't mean power. So it's one of my questions, you know, does money mean power? Mm-hmm. And it kind of baffles people and they're just kind of like, mm. you know, cause then they, <laughs> then they start thinking about different things and it's yeah. like, no money doesn't equal power, mm-hmm. but money definitely helps. Yeah. Um, 
So that's been like the the reoccurring uh, theme. I actually want to give a shout out to Walter uh, Virgil. I think that's how you say his last name. He, so I spent like four hours talking to this man. Um, We recorded for like about an hour and 20 minutes, but he was just so brilliant. Mm -hmm. And he gave me such a powerful story. And so I'm going to ask you the same thing that he asked me, like, where is the most wealthiest place on this earth? Oh, the most wealthiest place on this earth. Hmm. If I, I don't know. If I'm thinking outside of myself and my heart and the love that I have for people, um, uh, I don't know. I could say the U.S. Maybe, but there's such disparities. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know the answer either. And uh-huh. then he he was like cemeteries. Oh. And I was all like, cemeteries? And he's like, yeah, because people are dying without like ever letting mm-hmm. their wealth, their creation get exposed, right? Yeah. So maybe a, um, like all these, all these creators, all these amazing people um, in yeah. any cemetery, not just like the United States, but like yeah. they didn't let their, their true calling come out. Yeah. And so they died with so much wealth that's never been exposed and that's like decaying yeah. in their bones yeah. and i was like holy mackerel yeah that's really touching because you think about family and legacy and e- even how parents you know back in the day didn't really talk to their kids about finances you know there, there's a lot of like family secrets that go when the elderly pass away mm. you know that passing of knowledge of that that wealth of knowledge you know is priceless yeah 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 and if people just keep it to themselves and take it to the grave with them that's that you're right yeah that's where all these wealth of ideas are buried away yeah so it's like Mm. you know we have we have tools and it's like how to leverage it don't be embarrassed to go ask for somebody for help you know, don't be embarrassed to say, hey, I, I don't understand this or how do I go about to do this? And I and I understand that there's a lot of families right now that are, are struggling, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. getting food on the table or uh, let's just talk about like the food insecurities, right? And so when you're, yeah. when you're in a state of um, you're just going after your basic necessities of, of means, right? And you're thinking, I need to eat. You cannot think about anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You cannot think about, hey, I need to to save this, or you're thinking all you're literally thinking is about surviving mode. And so, mm-hmm. I want to try to educate people instead of thinking about like survival mode. Let's think about thriving mode because when you're in that thriving mode, right? Let's go back to the science of our bodies or any cell. Um, the purpose of a cell is just to grow, reproduce, and die yeah mm-hmm. and so if we're not growing right we're just there if we're not reproducing if we're not growing we're stagnant and stagnant means death mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. If we're not reproducing and i'm not just talking about like children i'm talking about reproducing of ideas reproducing of uh money reproducing of just of yeah. of and prosperity yes. right mm-hmm. we're being stagnant and so then the only option left for that cell is just death and so I want people to start thinking in that like reproducing mindset, that thriving mindset of like, I'm going to get through this. I got this. 
You know, there's so many uh, different programs out there that are are willing to assist people with uh, like food, their basic necessities in life, Mm -hmm. right? Whether you want to reach out to me or reach out to whoever else that you want to talk about finances, but educate yourself. Yeah. Like read, listen, um, attend something, Mm -hmm. volunteer, you know, become an asset Mm -hmm. to other people that you can leverage yourself. Yeah. You know, there's been so many seminars that I've attended for absolutely free that have costed thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. because I said, I'll volunteer. Yeah. And I've done the same thing, you know, whether I was working or not, or I was wanted to network or I wanted to get that knowledge or I wanted to go to that one workshop. Yeah. Volunteer at conferences. It's a great way to get to know people and to get free access to the knowledge that you're trying to, you know, oh, yeah. gain. You know, and and I say it over and over again, you know, to our our student mentees and stuff. Once you learn something, no one can take that away from you. You know, so that's that's empowering yourself and that's learning to thrive, not just to survive today, but to thrive and continue on for the upcoming days to come. No, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. All right, cool. So before we wrap up, I do want to ask you, you know, because there's so many different things that people have been doing, you know, during this quarantine and time of COVID, has there been anything that you have started doing that you are going to continue on even after quarantine is over and they open up outside again, you know, something that you found that has been beneficial to you or that you really enjoy that you're going to keep on doing? So I have the absolute privilege of working from home. Um, I set up my business so I can work from home. And um, I would usually start my days at like 10 o'clock because I didn't want to do early meetings. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started doing my podcast at 7 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. And it's allowed me to... I, I would usually wake up early anyways, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I would just go do whatever it is. But having those early morning conversations about people, Mm -hmm. about money, has been so dope. And I'm just kind of like, I love this. So I definitely think, um, yeah, just these early morning conversations. And I think it's also a matter when you open up an opportunity for somebody and you say, um, this is the time frame that's actually available at. Mm-hmm. If people want it, they'll find a way. Exactly. That early yeah. bird gets the worm. And when they commit to something at that hour in the morning, then they're going to get up and they, they really have something to share. They really yeah, are yeah. About making it work. So it's been a, it's been cool though. What about yourself? What are, what is something that you've done during COVID that you're just kind of like, all right, like I'm going to do this. <laughs> Yeah. Even before COVID, you know, I was trying to read more to, you know, just to increase my knowledge, just read different books, different types of books. But I think specifically during COVID and part of it is because like even being, you know, stressed or anxiety or not knowing what's going to happen and like everything is changing, just kind of meditating, you know, Mm -hmm. taking the time to um, like Lolita Walker is saying, to take the time to pause, Mm -hmm. to take the time to uh dedicate time for yourself to just breathe and 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 have gratitude for everything around you so i think you know i do that you know i usually wake up early also and i'm usually in my bed i'm on social media you know so i'm like okay so the thing that you know i'm continuing on is to 
take that early morning time to just kind of meditate whether it's repeating you know affirmation over and over in my head whether it's reading um you know a book or a bible or like a, a a study of you know meditation but just to to relax my mind to set get myself focused for the day coming up so i like that it's it's been yeah. a good time to myself yeah what are you currently reading um oh gosh girl i'm reading like two or three different books <laughs> <laughs> i'm reading um a black woman's what is this a black woman's history to um american history Ooh. and it is really good it is um let me get the authors for you it is about it's like taking it from slavery you know from all different countries um a black woman's history of the united states and Ooh. it's by dana rammy berry and kali nicole gross yes it, it is just so empowering you know like women have been struggling you know to protect their families to um hold their families together to stay alive um some of them you know have you know even you know killed their children so they didn't have to go through the slavery um and then you come through you know all the different stages of history after that you you know um migrating up to the north uh, civil rights era you know just so many different ways like um even you know black feminist and 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 fighting for the rights you know wage gaps and everything like that so that's been a really enlightening book i want to read that yeah it's been really good i mean yeah. and um just you know yeah we learn about slavery and history and everything but the individual stories i think that gives you um an insight to what people went through and what they overcame and then you know just like we're talking about women in our own circles and it takes a tribe you know understanding that yeah sharing our stories are so powerful um and then there's another book by tiffany jana that i'm reading about let me make sure i get the name of that one right <laughs> um she's the author of overcoming bias and erasing institutional bias mm. uh, this book she did with michael barron and it's called the subtle acts of exclusion how to understand identify and stop microaggressions yeah and then of course fun book club books but <laughs> i love that well yeah. you know a lot of times um we don't hear the female's perspective about history no and, yes. um we don't hear about like a lot of different kinds of perspectives on history mm -hmm. and if we actually look at history women we freaking rock like <laughs> we are so cool yeah um, in all the things that we have done um men have gone to war because mm -hmm. of us you know? <laughs> right so like, i'm like yes like i am a woman hear me more you know yeah. and it's just every single time like i i get proud and happy that i'm i'm a female i'm just kind of mm -hmm. like i i wouldn't have it any other way and it's just like i said yeah. earlier on when i was a kid and i wanted to be a boy it was just because i didn't see or hear any stories of women doing like could do. yeah right it was always like oh well this dude and that dude and i'm like all right, well, all the boys are having fun. Mm -hmm. you know? I want to do that. <laughs> exactly. I want to do that. And um, my dad actually 
used to treat me like a he would always say like before my two little brothers were born but he'd always be like oh i have three sons i had other sisters too but i'd always go do the the guy stuff and yeah. it wasn't until like i said like maybe my 20s that my parents and myself finally recognized like hey i'm a female i'm a woman i'm a girl like <laughs> You know, and then they're then they're like, all right, well, you can't be doing certain things. I'm like, I can do whatever I put my mind to, That's right? True. And yeah. um, it's just a matter of like, let's continue to defy the odds. So the next girl that's looking up to be like, oh, I'm looking for a role model that they can see me, they could see you, Mimi, they could see yeah. like other women doing stuff and being like, that's up, that's <laughs> up, you know. Because um, yeah. a lot of times we don't we don't get that, so I'm definitely gonna check out those books that you're reading. Yeah, definitely. I'll be sure to share them and post them as well. Um, yeah, and so yeah, and even like where can people find you and and follow you and know what kind of information and stuff. About so I don't know today? when this this podcast is gonna be out, but um, I'm taking a social media break. Mm -hmm. um, however, you can still add me on LinkedIn, Umama Y Marzuk um you can add me on linkedin but my email address is probably like the best way prosperity at t p g i n c dot co there is no com it's just a code all right yeah people could find me there in chat yeah so it's good that people you know they can track you down they can find you at prosperity at tpginc.co yep and um so that is great it has been so good chatting with you, you thank know. you so much mimi i appreciate you yeah i appreciate everything that you're doing too because it's so important to to educate women and you know just to to look out for each other and to help you know them find out where they are so they can build upon that and grow from that um, and I think that's, you know, you know, what everybody pretty much wants, someone to listen to them, you know, someone they could talk to and share ideas and information with. So we're both doing a good job. We're, you know, yeah, we're no, you're awesome. You're definitely <laughs> awesome. You know, it's, it's, uh, just making sure that women continue to rise. Um, yeah. you know, we're already born great. Something that I always say, I say, keep stepping into your greatness. We're already born great. Yeah. Right. We were, we were that lucky egg that met with that sperm that we're just kind of like, hey, we're here, you know? <laughs> uh, so we're already great. And it's just a matter of continuing to feed our great. So like queens, you know, fix your crowns. Kings, fix right. your crowns and make sure you lift up those queens. Um, but queens also make sure you lift up those kings as well too, because we need each other in order to continue to rise. It's so true. It, it definitely takes a village. The whole tribe is in on this fixing and adjusting each other's crowns. And we really have to protect ourselves and protect each other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. Absolutely. Appreciate you too. Thank you for listening to Improper Mimi, where we talk about empowering women at home, work, or play. So be sure to follow Improper Mimi wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I look forward to chatting with you all again soon. Ciao.